You're listening to the Mind Takeaway podcast with your hosts, Mira and Peter. In our quest to help create a world without inequality, poverty, and more, we share insights gained through our work about leadership, psychology, and creativity. You will also hear conversations with ordinary people who do extraordinary things due to their increased awareness, curiosity, and intuition, plus their deep connection with others. Welcome to another episode of the Mind Takeaway podcast. Today, we're speaking to Jamie Smart. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Mira. Hi, Pete. So, Jamie, uh, well, the reason we invited you to talk to us today is because I believe you have a new book out. Is that right? Well, yeah, it's the it's the tenth anniversary edition of my first book, Clarity, and uh, I'm I'm just really excited about it. Like as you can imagine, any author is happy and grateful to see that there's still interest in their work ten years on. So yeah, love love seeing seeing it in in readers' hands, and it looks like there might even be post-it notes in there, which I love to see the sign oh, yeah. the sign of a book being read. So so it. It's yeah, it's just really heartening that the book's in its second edition, and uh, there's been lots of interest in it, and uh, it was just a really nice opportunity to make some changes and additions and updates and that sort of thing. We haven't finished it so far. You haven't finished it, now. Well, the second edition. Yeah, the second edition. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, it came out. It came out in 2013. So yeah, 10 year anniversary and. And it's kind of interesting, actually, from a business perspective, the first edition of the book um, was sort of like planting a seed that all kinds of other things grew from, including our relationship. Like I, there's a way in which the book and uh, clarity certification training and the different things I was doing all kind of grew from that for all these relationships, all these possibilities grew from that first edition. And so with the second edition, it it's it's almost like a new seed is being planted and I'm curious to see what grows from it so it's wonderful to to be having this conversation and uh uh to be to be to be uh, talking about you know what's new and what's happening and all that sort of stuff so for the people listening and watching Jamie I know we we've obviously read the book can you just give someone you know the tagline you know what if someone wanted to get to know more about clarity what what does the book uh, contain yeah well well so so most people have a lot on their minds uh, especially in the business world there's lots of pressure and noise and deadlines and distractions and that sort of thing um we teach a simple understanding that takes things off your mind automatically so you have the the focus the time the clarity the resilience uh and the creativity to uh, solve problems and address challenges confidently and create the results you want to create so you can enjoy your life. So so that's what it is in a nutshell. It's a, a simple understanding that can clear your mind automatically. Because the fact is, while people are always, re, you know, there are loads of tips and approaches, methodologies you can use to focus and that sort of thing, they always involve having more to think about, stuff to remember, stuff to practice, stuff to do. The, the beauty of this understanding and what the book Clarity is completely about is waking up something that you've already got going for you, a, an automatic 
mind-clearing mechanism that every human being has within them. So you can experience more well-being, better relationships, higher performance, better ideas, and uh, yeah, just get on, get on with enjoying your life and doing your work and doing what you're here to do. Don't you remember this, Jamie? I do. This was a gift you gave me way back when, I when we did the coach training with I you. I remember. And just doing this and letting it settle, I think this is a perfect metaphor for what's contained inside your book, right? So when your mind settles, that's when you can access all the good stuff, you know, clarity, resilience, love. Yeah. Yeah. It's just for, for the people that, that will only be listening to this. What Peter just did, there is a, how you call this, a snowball? Snow globe. Snow globe. Yeah. Uh, and he shook a snow globe and you cannot see anything in the moment it settles. And I think, I mean, just going back to, to when I first saw Clarity, and that was, you know, one of the books that I went to a bookstore with, you know, some things that I thought I needed and was just browsing over there. And there was this book with a big sign that said clarity big title that said clarity and I was like yes that's what I need <laughs> and I really had a lot on my mind at the time I just moved to Germany and and I was finding my way around things and as I was reading as you said you know there is uh, as I was reading it it really made me think differently and, and I think it lifted my I was just thinking before we started recording today what is it that I've got from the clarity all the way from when I got this book first time and I read it? And I, the beautiful thing in the book is that you have links to QR codes, to videos and audios so that people can really deepen um, their understanding of it and, and, and listen, you know, engage different senses and everything. And so what, what I see happened over time is that I've become, I've become more aware. I've become more aware of myself and I've become more aware of people around me. I've become more aware of how we create our reality moment to moment and how we react and why we react to things. So it's for me, it's now I can get upset and annoyed and um, frustrated and uh, questioning things and all of that. And then the moment... I see what is really go going on. I can easily forget. I can I can easily easier move on. I can you know and and that's and that's deepening and deepening and and so it's uh, it's really interesting that it's never ending process and you always get more out of it. Yeah, that's certainly my experience. And I like I remember when I, just a just a backtrack. So and and I write about this at the beginning of the book. That, so I was I got my business to the, to the point where it was running on autopilot and I was having my first mini retirement. So this is back in 2008. So it was a long time ago. My first mini retirement. And I was expecting to feel incredibly successful and happy and like like now I've made it and that sort of thing. And it, it turns out a lot of entrepreneurs experience what I experienced was which was about six weeks in and I was kind of miserable and I'm like well what's wrong with this picture because according to the rules of my industry I should be doing great and so I went back to the drawing board and as I started exploring this understanding just looking for answers to how come I wasn't happy and fulfilled and feeling successful when I had the trappings of success 
I started having insights. And my first insight was, oh, everything you've been looking for outside of you is already there within you. So all the peace, all the resilience, all the clarity, all the well-being. Now, I'd read that a hundred times in books of one sort or another. But the difference with this understanding was suddenly I really got it. Like I I saw it and I I experienced it uh, in a way that wasn't just intellectual. I really got it. My second insight, I realized the fact that a person can even see or hear or feel means they have this source of clarity and resilience and well-being within them. Well, that immediately changed the game for my work with clients because I work as a coach and as a trainer and as a as a, a speaker and so on. Immediately, I just became a thousand times more hopeful and confident in what my clients have going for them. So that then radiates, right? Like you're, you guys will find this, your clients pick up on your certainty about what they've got going for them. And then my third insight, I realized, oh, this is, this is, this is to psychology what the discovery of germs was to medicine. And that was a game changer for me. That was the insight that had me write the book, that had me turn my business around and focus entirely on sharing this understanding with people. Because I just saw such a, a, an incredible need for it. But here's the funny thing. So 10 years on, and like, because you'll you'll remember that what the book starts with is this quote from Herbert Simon, who said, uh, what information consumes is rather obvious. It consumes the attention of its recipients. You know, we're we're in the early stages of the information revolution and our attention is getting hoovered up by apps. So, so that was kind of one of the themes of the book 10 years ago, but 10 years later, it's a hundred times worse than I'd imagined 10 years ago, right? Like with algorithms and, so, and uh, artificial intelligence and that sort of thing. So it's never been more important for us to kind of safeguard our mental clarity and kind of take control of our attention and, uh, not just in terms of our own well-being and mental health and that sort of thing, but also in terms of our decision-making, in terms of our mental clarity and the, the wisdom and intelligence that we're bringing to the important decisions we make. Because not just as individuals, but as business leaders, as political leaders, as, as, as family members, it's never been more important to make great decisions. And the challenges to that have never been bigger. So that's, I, that's why I wrote the new edition. One of the things that Peter and I are, are big on, especially Peter and, and you, and uh, is, is, is really, it's nothing for you to do. It's for you to understand what is going on. And people are very, I mean, there is so many books, and I think, you know, that's, that's a growing industry as well, where um, how to, you know, there is a technique to how to make better decisions, how to... Uh, feel happier, you know, three steps and, and the rest of it. And and this is not what you're doing with this book. In this book, it, it's very different. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, and, and here's the thing. How-tos are, there are places where how-tos are important. I'll give you an example. I'm learning to play jazz guitar at the moment. Now, I've loved jazz ever since I was a kid, but I never knew how to play jazz guitar. I could play blues and rock and that sort of thing. But a couple of months ago, I decided, you know what, I'm going to take jazz lessons. And so I, I go to my teacher for my first lesson. He said, what do you want to learn? I said, well, I want to learn to play jazz. I said, but here's the thing. 
I've got good technique on the guitar and that sort of thing. That's no problem. I said, what I need first is I need to understand jazz because once I understand it, I'll be able to play anything. So he he's giving me lots of how to input, you know, put your fingers there and, you know, do this, play this chord like that and that sort of thing. So that's important. But I could already play guitar really well, but until I got the understanding of how jazz works, I couldn't make anything good with it. Well, it's the same with this, you know, when it comes to our minds, the most important thing you can get is an understanding of how your mind works. Because once you understand how it works, you, you have an amazing amount more influence over your experience of life. So I'll give you an example. My, I, experience more love and connection in my relationships in the average week than I used to in the average year. And that has come purely as a result in having a deeper understanding of how uh, what connection is, how moods work, how our thing our experience is created, who we really are. You understand those things and it, it's really cool actually. It's like it's it's this understanding is sort of like penicillin for the mind like if you if you if you have an infection and you take penicillin it goes everywhere you know it goes everywhere and clears things up and that sort of thing this is like penicillin for your mind it you know often and you guys probably have this with your clients i'll have a client who comes to me for help with one thing and i help them with that one thing and then the understanding generalizes across everything so it's uh it's so it's not that how to's can't be useful. They can be incredibly useful. But when you're trying to use how to's without having an understanding about how reality works in a given domain, it's it's it, it, there's this quote from uh, Sun Tzu who wrote The Art of War. He said. Uh, strategy uh, tactics without strategy are the. Uh, I can't even remember the quote. Um, he said, uh, uh, strategy without, that's it. Strategy without tactics is the slowest path to victory. He said, but tactics without strategy are the noise before defeat. Now, it looks to me like a lot of how-tos, like the classic example of this is on every magazine in a magazine store. You'll see the top five tips for whatever it might be top five tips for having a better relationship uh making more money uh having a swimsuit body uh gaining weight losing weight etc 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 right um and we read those and we're like oh yeah obvious why didn't i think of that but then we don't implement them because their tactics without an understanding of what's actually going on similarly we've all had the experience of not knowing what to do in some area of life. And then we we go to we sleep on it and we wake up in the morning. We know exactly what to do because we've had an insight. So that's what these principles are about, is about leveraging that innate capacity that we all have to come up with solution to pro solutions to problems, uh, experience more peace of mind, more well-being and better relationships. So what you're saying, Jamie, is it's more of an embodied understanding, because I can totally get that. I remember you know, looking at all of these tools and modalities before I stumbled on your book. And it was actually Mira that said, look, you've got to read this. There's something in it. Mm. And I was all like, thanks, Mira. <laughs> and I was all like, yeah, but you know, there's nothing new and all of this stuff. 
But it was more, I had an intellectual understanding of these things, even how to meditate and all of that. And then it suddenly I had an embodied understanding and it was completely different because as you said yeah. before, it's really standing by what you're saying. It's not trying to sell or convince or any of that. And that's why our impact with our clients has definitely grew, you know, in the last couple of years, because we've been really seeing it for ourselves. And then, mm. and, and, yeah, just saying that out loud, it's like, how can you really help someone else to see something if you haven't seen it for yourself? And I definitely yeah, haven't well, seen it for myself for most of my adult life. <laughs> yeah. Well, me neither. Like when I when I first and here's the thing, we all have this capacity to develop an embodied understanding because we've all got embodied understandings of everything from gravity to germs to how to ride a bike to whatever it might be so we have that ability to learn about reality in an embodied way and so the thing that i've been fascinated with for the last 14 years is how do you help create the conditions for people to get an embodied understanding of this stuff we're talking about because the 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 challenge with this stuff with people with learning this stuff is people will get it intellectually but until they get it in the meat it doesn't do anything for them it's so so the the my focus is on how can i lead people into an embodied understanding of this as quickly and as readily as possible so one of the things i'm i'm really pleased about with the new edition of the book a couple of things one is it's got my latest insights and realizations in the pages, which is which is kind of cool because when I first wrote it, I had seen a lot, like I'd realized a lot, but I could only express like a tiny bit. So the updated version, I'm able to express it better. So that's new. But the other thing that the new editions got was got a couple of things. One is at the end of each chapter, there's a what the research says section with links to peer-reviewed research and other stuff. And the idea of that is to help people read around this understanding so you can develop your own reference base as you develop your embodied understanding of these principles. Because as you guys have found this, I'm sure that as your embodied understanding develops, it runs automatically. It takes things off your mind automatically. You have fresh insights automatically. So it it just makes it gets easier and easier and easier. There's kind of a snowball effect with it. But the other thing is. At the end of the book, I've added a new chapter, which if you haven't finished the book, it's a, it's a big one at the end. It's, it's twice as long as the others. And what it is, is 10 of the most common things people have challenges with, things like stress and anxiety, things like goal setting, things like PTSD, depression, burnout, lot, uh, relationship issues, that sort of thing, goals uh, and objectives. And what we do is we look at each of those topics from a principal's perspective and then do a case study with someone. So that's in the final chapter, chapter 25, which I've called Troubleshooting Enlightenment. So those, the idea of those changes to the book are really just to help people get, get that embodied understanding that you talked about. And the cool thing is the way that you get an embodied understanding is always the same. You get it through insight. You get it through your own insights and realizations. And the beautiful thing is every single person listening to this has an innate capacity for insight and realization. If you didn't have that, you wouldn't be able to comprehend words. You wouldn't be able to walk and talk. Uh, so you have an innate capacity for insight and realization. 
And that innate capacity can give you the insights and realizations that will develop your embodied understanding of this stuff. So the book is relying on that. The book is leveraging that. Yeah, I love that. And I, I'm really excited that there's case studies and research. It's, it's, it's interesting, yeah. And, and I remember when we did our first leadership development program, right when COVID hit, uh, quite some years ago now, isn't it? Uh, I remember that it was, I was, and I still get in, I still get into that trap. You know, I need to prepare this and this is this enough and it needs to be this and it needs to be this. And then on the end, you realize that actually what did the heavy lifting and what had the most impact is our understanding of things and sure. and and who we are in that in that moment and that, that has impacted people. Well, the, the other thing that strikes me listening to you, Mira, like they, when I when I work with a group of leaders, for instance, the thing that I'm betting on. So I've, like you, I've got my embodied understanding, which is going to help me out. But the thing I'm betting on is their capacity for insight and realization. So I'm pointing everything in that direction. So, you know, sometimes I'll prepare a lot. Sometimes I'll prepare a little. But the, the thing I'm never in any doubt about is what's going what's gonna to do the heavy lifting in them. And it's going to be their capacity for insight and realization. And there's something, I bet you guys have found this with your clients. There's something like when you know for sure what someone's got going for them, they pick up on that. They pick up on your confidence in them, your confidence in their creative ability, your confidence in their capacity to make good decisions and for insight and to be okay and all that sort of stuff. So it it catches people pick up on your you could say your belief in them, but that sounds kind of uh almost like a like a you know you can do it, go get them champ, but it's deeper than that. It's it's like they pick up on your confidence in what they've got going for them, even if they can't see it yet. It's it's interesting you say this. I just remember one of my clients years ago uh, who was struggling a lot with uh, anxiety and and been to various doctors and, and therapists who told him that he's got a big problem. And uh, and he really quickly, after we started working together, very quickly he started relaxing and, and these problems that he experienced were not so so big anymore. And uh, and I said, so what, what did it for you? Like, can you can you can you explain it to me? He said, you know what? The more I was thinking about it, it's not what we did. It's I think you saw me and, and you saw that I wasn't broken. And, and I think that did it for me. That, that's what he explained. And it was really interesting to, to see that. And, and since then, uh, and, and obviously, you know, working with you and... and uh, deepening my understanding again, you know what I'm saying. The my awareness is is much more expanded. You see, I think that's beautiful. I love that you guys are seeing that because, you know, it, it's it's easy to overlook just how how much of the kind of the medical model that's often carries over into the world of psychology. How people often innocently are are interacting with their clients as though they're you know, a broken mechanism that needs to be fixed rather than seeing what they've really got going for them. Funnily enough, one of the case studies in chapter 25 is of a, an army vet 
PTSD. And she wrote to me uh, after reading the book Clarity, and she said, I know it probably wasn't designed to do this, but I've been getting treatment for PTSD for 10 years, and I've tried everything. She tried CBT and hypnotherapy and all kinds of different things. She said, I've just read your book, and I don't have PTSD anymore. Said, she said, all the time, all that 10 years of treatment, no one ever told me that I wasn't broken. No one ever told me that there was nothing wrong with me, that it was just uh, just something that was going on in my thinking. And she said, I've, I've got a new life. Well, here's the beautiful thing. So she wrote me that letter like six years ago. And so I've had six years to follow up with her. She's happy. She's doing a business with her husband. She's doing all this stuff. Life's good. She doesn't have PTSD anymore, like literally one insight and it was gone. So I, I mention that because it seems to me that we're in a humanitarian crisis of mental health. And I want everyone to, because I guarantee there are people listening to this who either have their own mental health challenges like stress, anxiety, depression, that sort of thing, or they have loved ones or children who they're, you know, concerned about. And I understand and and what I want everyone to know is that just you seeing what you've got going for you can make a huge difference to the people in your life. You know, one of uh, one of our clarity coaches, Mahima Shrestha, she when she first got introduced to this understanding, uh, she picked up clarity in an airport as uh, she was traveling for her work. And uh, she read a couple of things out of it, didn't buy the book, but was like, okay, yeah, I'll think about that. Well, what she read was, you're living in the experience of the principle of thought taking form in the moment. So then she got home, she, she ordered the book and watched some videos and that sort of thing. And she was, about a month later, uh, she was in Kathmandu when the earthquake the Nepal earthquake of 2015. So it was a terrifying experience, buildings coming down, thousands of people killed. And in the midst of the aftershocks, so they're getting aftershocks every few minutes, absolutely terrifying. She has a sudden insight. She realized, oh, you know, it, I've, I'm okay. Like she got in touch with that sense of security. And so I was interviewing her for the people on my certification training. I was doing this interview with her in the front of the room. And someone asked her, did you go, once you had this insight and were in touch with your own well-being in the midst of this earthquake zone, did you go and teach other people about it? And she said, well, no, we're in an earthquake zone, time and a place. It wasn't the time and the place for it. She said, however, she said, never underestimate the, pre the power of the presence of a sane human being. And I think, you know, when you talk about the impact you're having with groups and that sort of thing. There's something incredibly powerful about just being in touch with that sense of well-being and sanity and mental health that we all carry within us. Just being in touch with that radiates to other people. We actually share the video that you mentioned, actually, when you were talking about that experience in Nepal, you know, from the, from the coach training. And we actually shared it with uh, a client recently. Mm -hmm. And they loved it because this is how we instill leadership development into people. It's like, if you get that, then, for mm -hmm. example, feedback. It, instead of this clunky tool, you know, thinking about five different steps, it's like, I've got your back because I know you've got the same capacity for insight and realization that mm -hmm. I have. So I'm going to deliver this feedback with that 
embedded in it, it's a different game. And we, and we were saying, look, it's not even about the words. If you, mm. if you can experience that for yourself, it's not a belief, as we talked about before. It, it, you can't push against that. You know, you can have a yeah. connection. Because one of the things when we develop leaders, the, the, the one thing people are really fearful about is feedback, right? No surprise. Because you probably heard of the shit sandwich. Uh, rece receiving yeah. it or giving it? Both, actually. I didn't think right. it was so bad for receiving. But actually, we work with a group of senior managers recently, and they were struggling more with receiving some of them. So I think it goes both ways. And when we showed them a little bit of that, they were like, wow, it doesn't seem so scary. I actually don't dread as much to receive feedback because if that's the understanding that can be embedded into it, then maybe it's a different different label altogether. Because feedback always seemed it has such a weight behind it. I'm going to give you feedback, Jamie, and you're yeah. like, okay. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, hold, I'll just hold still. <laughs> and, we, and we were like, well, it's like Fight Club. You don't have to mention the word feedback, first and foremost. That probably saves you a lot of hassle. But also just, you know, what's the reason? You've got to positive. Most people have got a positive intention behind giving feedback. I want the person to grow. I would love them to improve their performance, whatever it is, right? So if that's the case, when you're going into giving feedback from that angle, it, it, again, it just makes it completely different. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. It's, it's interesting how uh, life looks different. I mean, I, you know, looking back and looking back, you say the first edition was 10 years ago when I first read a book. It was probably two years into that. And you know, I could never have imagined the life that I have. Before that, I could probably, I would never imagine having a business with Peter, um, having a business at all, doing what I'm doing right now. Opportunities that have showed up that I noticed and, and said yes to, because probably in the past, I probably, you know, I would be too concerned with what I'm thinking about it and my feelings of fear and uh, insecurity, mm -hmm. or am I good enough to do that, that I would have probably said no to. I mean, my first experience working with senior leadership team, you know, they asked me, we have, we have big big problems and there is a lot of stuff going on within this group. They cannot solve problems. They are fighting. There is even physical uh, fights at one point. And, and, and they told me, like, can you, yeah, <laughs> they were like, can, can you come and do something? And I was like, first of all, I didn't know what I can do. I didn't, I didn't know what would work for them. I didn't know for they didn't even want any help. And I just knew that I wanted to do that, that I wanted to try and help them. And with all that fear, I knew deep down that I will be okay and that I can do it. And, you know, I didn't know that it will be successful as it was, but it still didn't stop me to um to to mm. go forward. And and I guess that kinda then helped. Uh, growing what, what we do right now. And so it's really interesting that, you know, life starts looking very different and our internal limitations or what we think are limitations start looking very different. Not that I never think mm -hmm. them again, but, you know, they, they, they don't look so 
solid, if that makes sense. They're more like, you know, they look like over there, but then you can still go through them in a way, if that makes sense. That makes total sense to me. And it's been a real game changer for me. And it's kind of changed how I think about confidence. Because I used to think that confidence was like feeling a certain way all the time. And now it's like, no, it's just knowing that you can uh, you can try anything and see what happens and you can handle whatever turns out. And it turns out a lot of times the issues, I find this a lot when I'm coaching people, the issue isn't that even that they're afraid that things might not turn out the way they want them to or that sort of thing. It's the fear that they couldn't handle it, that they just couldn't bear it. If thing, And just realizing, you know, that you're capable of so much more than you think and you can handle so much more than you think. And there's, there's, uh, yeah, we have this source of security within each and every one of us. That means we can, we can, uh, uh, we can take what comes our way. We can handle it. It's really great to know. I wish everyone knew that. Actually, I wish well, I could, too. I yeah. wish I could tell everyone. You know, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Just knowing that can be such a positive for people. Yeah, and I can say from my side as well that I obviously didn't think like that before, and that there was a lot of overthinking and. You know, when you think about mm. certain things, you can talk yourself out of taking action and all of that stuff. And nowadays it just, you know, we still get fearful every day. I still feel like an imposter, but I just find that really the funny side of it. It's like, okay, I'm feeling like an imposter today. It's not a, you know, call to action isn't going to stop. I'm going to have a go anyway. And sometimes it can feel icky, uncomfortable, yeah. bit of a roller coaster. but then it really just dissipates, you know, and I've just got nothing on trying to stop it mm. or change it. I mean, the state always changes, right? And I think one of the best metaphors is, you know, yeah. it's always, even if the storm clouds and you get zapped by lightning, there's blue sky above it kind of thing. So it just doesn't yeah. really stop us from yeah. taking action. And Amir is a good guidance system as well, because I'll say, oh, someone's just asked me to do this, but I've got a massive dose of fear back it up. Amir will be like, yeah, just do it. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? I'm like, yeah, you're right. You know, because ultimately you're okay. They're like, that just can't be true can it kind of be so easy yeah. how could it be so easy and i remember when mira showed me the book clarity uh back in amsterdam when i was in training and i was all about yeah, yeah but it's book. really simple and you know i get that and mira's like no you don't <laughs> uh, but i'm glad you know a couple <laughs> of years later that it was actually mira again said right maybe you should uh speak to jamie about some training and join one of the programs and then yeah i guess i never look back but it's just amazing to be able to share this understanding with organizations such as for example lego of late you know going yeah. into these large organizations and showing them that there's a totally different way to do stuff to have more impact and results without doing a load of clunky heavy things you know, and it, and it's totally different. It's more fluid. It's more fun when we facilitate and train and coach people. And it just becomes an easier way of doing things for them as well, because they don't have to remember that stuff. Yeah, that's great to hear. What's really interesting to me is how quickly people can get into the space of psychological safety. Uh, and, and that's something that's been talked a lot. And there is so many, you know, you need to do this and you need to understand and if you, millions of things because before you can create psychological safety. 
but but the biggest thing that everybody's I think missing is that if I don't feel safe, I cannot create any safety around me. Yeah. Well, I think that's the the heart of it. Like, if you want, if 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 what a, a program is about is about creating change, then you need to think about well, what what does that mean, and what are the conditions that make that possible? And I think one of them, when it comes to people making changes psychologically, emotionally, all that sort of stuff, especially around leadership and that sort of thing. You need to be able to create the conditions for people to feel safe to do that. Because if they don't feel safe, then they'll hang on to their old mm. way of doing things or what they think they're supposed to say and that thing. So there's something about allowing people to get comfortable enough to be themselves. And the cool thing about it is like, it looks to me anyway, like the 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 price of not being yourself at work is a bunch of wear and tear, uh, a bunch of miscommunication, a bunch of reduced productivity because you can't really throw your heart into it. So the beautiful thing about about allowing people to be more themselves at work is you get a whole human being working for you rather than just part of one. It's, it looks incredibly powerful to me. Yeah, and isn't that great to know that you can actually be your whole self at work? Yeah. And yes, you have a role, you've got KPIs, you're a professional of that, but that shouldn't get in the way. Because if you show up and you try and be something yeah. that you're not, or you're not comfortable while you're in work, then people can smell it a mile off. If you want to have connection and build trust and have psychological safety, then you will have to feel vulnerable. Well, the thing that strikes me is that I'd be interested in your take on it. Like, it looks to me that as people get uh, more in touch with who they are and what they've got going for them, what looks like vulnerability is just being comfortable with yourself. So I'll, I'll often have the experience of, you know, saying something or doing something and someone says to me, oh, you're so vulnerable there. It's like, I don't feel that vulnerable. It's just, I've got nothing on it. It's like, <laughs> I'm saying it or that sort of thing. So there, there's, there's something to be said for knowing that you're going to be okay no matter what. Yeah, just hearing that just makes it it makes it easier to show up, right? But again, you have to have the courage mm -hmm. to take that step to go and experience that for yourself. And I think that's usually the missing link yeah. from a lot of self-development. You know, you have to try it out. You know, it's not yeah. for me to preach or tell you what you should be doing or convince you. We have to try that. And what we notice with our mm -hmm. clients of late is that the more yeah. that we help them lean in, you know, there's a lot of patience in there, a lot of listening. But once they feel safe, as you say, you create the conditions for some trust and connection they're willing then to go off and try it. And we do a lot of, um, we have them in yeah. you know private audio group and they, they go back and forth and they're like, oh, I've just tried it. How was it? Wow, things got a lot easier now because I, I know that I actually will be okay when I do that again. And we're like, wow, <laughs> it's like goosebumps. Yeah, nice. It's like, really? And, and again, it goes back to, is it really that simple? All the things, it's so, so interesting, you know, so many of the things that people are trying to teach like authenticity, resilience, uh, presence, are actually the, the 
emergent property of an uncluttered mind. It's like to use the snow globe example. When you stop shaking the snow globe and the snow settles down, the reason clarity emerges is because clarity is the water's natural state. Well, these qualities like clarity, resilience, peace, presence, these are our mind's natural state. They're, they're already there, like the sun behind the clouds. Like I'm in the UK at the moment, it's a cloudy day. Well, the sun's still out. It's just there are clouds in the way. Well, those qualities that people are working so hard to cultivate, they're already there. There's just stuff getting in the way. And the stuff, I, as I call it, you know, contaminated thinking. As you get an understanding of who you are and how your mind works, the levels of contaminated thinking just subside and clarity and connection and resilience emerge more and more effortlessly. So what you're saying is that once you see that the truth and that for yourself, you can get more clarity and connection or not get, but you just experience more because the thinking doesn't really get in the way as much. Right. That's certainly my experience is like the, 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 as you, as you get an understanding of how this works, inevitably you're going to experience more clarity, peace of mind, all, all those qualities. Cause because it's actually what we're built for. Like if you look at a newborn baby, their moods are all over the place, but they spend a bunch of time peaceful, curious, uh, uh, loving, attentive, learning. Like because it's already built in. They're not. They're not born needing therapy or a self help book. It's built in. You know, becoming an adult kind of overlays all of that natural ability that you're po you're pointing to right yeah and it looked to me in the self-development yeah. world you know like you needed to unlearn a lot of stuff but no that's not true at all i mean there's a lot of conditioning people may or may not have but again once they've seen the truth and the experience of that you don't need to then peel lots of different layers off because you've already accessed it right yeah and, and it's one of the things that i find so heartening about this is that like it doesn't take a lot once people start catching on to what they've already got going on for them, because this is a built in quality. Like I said at the top of the show, you know, what most people have a lot on their minds. Well, the reason they have a lot on their minds is because they're believing a bunch of stuff that isn't true. And this understanding gives us something we can put our attention on that's reliable, that's persistent, and that will bring us inevitably back into the present moment so that we have the confidence and freedom of thinking to put our, do whatever we're putting our minds to. Well, that sounds great. I think for anyone listening and watching, go and get the book if you're curious. Have a listen to this again, because there's lots, I mean, to unpack in there. I think we've really gone for, what, nearly an hour now. Thank you, Jamie. I mean, is there any parting wisdom, anything you want to say before we close the show? I just, I, I, I would just say again, you know, you're capable of more than you think because you are more than you think, and you have a, a source of clarity and resilience and uh, well-being within you that can not only give you a more a richer experience of life, but can help you create whatever you want to create, whether it's in the business domain or in other domains. So, uh, so you've got that going for you, and. Uh, if you think that that sounds like a, a, a something worth exploring, then definitely read the book, check out the materials, and uh, yeah, 
uh, I'm excited for you. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure having you on our show. Yeah, likewise. Great to speak to you both. And I love what you guys are doing in the Thank business you. world and in, in life. So hats off to you both. Thank you. You made it to the end of this episode. Thank you for listening. Are you looking for one-to-one coaching? Do you want to develop your leadership skills? Would you like to improve your team's performance? Drop us an email at info at themindtakeaway.com. We would love to hear from you.